Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Staying power. We honor staying power in our culture, in a culture where things are kind of made to be used and then discarded. Staying power is something that is rare, but when you see it, you're like, darn right, that's how that is, and that's how I think, and that's how this works, and it suited me for so many years, and I'm going to stick with that it's got staying power. One of the things that had staying power in the history of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod was the 1941 hymnal. That baby had staying power, and that was the standard from 1941 until about 1980 when the blue hymnal came out. Listen to how wonderfully you sang all those, quote, old canticles. Didn't miss a beat with the Gloria this morning. And as we move into the communion liturgy, the staying power of that, we grew up with that for goodness sakes. It's impressed on our hearts. As a little boy in Flagstaff, Arizona, didn't even need the hymnal. Because once we started with, oh, almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, we were in and good to go. Although I do have to say that as I looked at the colic this morning, I thought for sure that our esteemed vicar would pray the colic without singing, but my gosh, you killed that colic when you chanted it. That was phenomenal. Not long after St. John's founding in 1882, about a year after the St. John's immigrants decided we need a school. We're here, we're doing our thing, we're eking out a living here on the outskirts of civilization in Richland at the time. We need a Lutheran school. And so some of your grandfathers looked and said, our children and grandchildren we want to make sure that the doctrine, the culture, the worship, the catechism, and the values that we brought over or our parents brought over from Germany as Lutherans would be propagated and promoted and delivered to the next generation. They started with a spare building that someone negotiated from the school district at the time, and they fixed it up, and the pictures are very rudimentary and bear, but that's the humble beginnings of St. John's Lutheran School and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in Orange, California. And this week we celebrate our school. And I love being able to preach in this service because I can look and see the people who went to school here. And I know that you love it. And, and when we talk about it, it just becomes so emotional that you're, you're not like, yeah, I went to school and even some who were introduced to the Board of Education, if you know what I mean, still speak fondly of St. John's Lutheran School. We consider that, consider our school and that ministry in the light of the calling of the disciples from Mark chapter 1, as well as the theme verse this year John, from John chapter 15. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And he speaks over and over again about being connected through God in Jesus, which is the message and the mission of St. John's Lutheran Church and St. John's Lutheran School. 
I remember a particularly hot staff meeting when I first got here and my son was little. And the principal fired into me, his uh, a former uh, father was a former Brooklyn policeman, and he fired into me, and I fired back at him. I said, I said, if your school's not great, then I'm not sending my little son. And he said, you'll send your son to our school. He was right. When we speak of our school, when I speak of our school, I am reminded of the deep-seated emotion that a mother and father have for their children, for what my own children received and now what my grandson receives in our preschool. The school came around what we were doing as Christian parents. It wasn't like we, we, we launched our kid into preschool and we said, okay, he's yours, you raise him. What worked well for us is what we did in our home was reinforced by our school. We wanted our kids to know Jesus. We didn't want to have to fight a war every morning when they were on their way to school about what they were going to learn. Rather, we wanted to know that as they went to school, they were hearing Jesus and being introduced to Him day by day by their teachers and the community of the school. My own children were blessed and then carried forward in the faith as they pursue Jesus and follow Jesus in their adult lives now. And Barb and I always felt that the most important piece that we could provide was faith in Jesus Christ for our kids and a willingness to humble themselves and follow Jesus. And the school reinforced just about everything we did in our home and provided staying power in the faith for my children, for my family, and now for my grandson. As Jesus started his ministry here in Mark chapter 1, he, he looks at a bunch of guys fishing and he says, come and follow me. I don't know what kind of fisherman deserts his next, but I'm sure glad that they did. I'm glad that they, they said, okay, Jesus, we'll, we'll go. The disciples were invited in to be introduced to Jesus at the, the, the initiating phase of his work, the beginning stage of an endeavor that would transform the entire world, the way that people were taught, the way that people communicated, the way that people connected with one another, faith and life and values and politics and economics, things like hospitals and universities invented by the future generations of those gentlemen by the beach that day. Everything was transformed in the entire world by Jesus of Nazareth. And it changed those fishermen. They followed Him. They saw the works of mercy and healing. They heard the messages when, when Jesus would come out and put it on the people of the day who thought they were so tough. And, and one wonders if the disciples rocked out of the synagogue and thought, well, today's the day we're going to get smoked because, oh, did he let them have it. But each in turn gave their life after Jesus had given his. And the staying power 
the staying power of the church of Jesus Christ, the, the staying power of, of those fishermen. Peter, Andrew, James, and John, those are all names you've heard. If I were to talk to you about Peter and, and say, give me a little bit about Peter, you'd say, well, by the fire with the lady and the girl, with the fish in the boat, with Jesus, Peter, yeah, we know him. Andrew, what do you know about Andrew? Well, he's the guy who brought the fish. A kid said this, and Andrew said, well, we ain't got much, but we got some fish. And James, brother of our Lord, legacy in the epistle of James, and John, my stack of sermons that I've preached over 32 years, my stack of Johannine sermons is this big plus this much more. Anytime there's a chance to preach on something John said, it's earthy, it's real. It's guys talking in a boat. It's heart to heart and life to life. It's vine and branches talk, good shepherd talk, woman at the well talk, garden of Gethsemane, resurrection. All of those pieces are delivered to us by St. John, whose name obviously frames our congregation. And the legacy of those gentlemen and the sustainability of their story delivered in the Scripture is unlike anything that humanity has ever brought forward since. Disney, with billions of dollars of marketing, Snow White never had the staying power of Jesus Christ, not even close. Staying power. Jesus calls you and me to follow him and he does that anew today in the words of a liturgy that had staying power he calls us to drop what we're doing and follow him he wants to introduce himself to us and each Sunday we get to know him a, a little more closely he wants you and me to believe and trust in him and belief and trust start as seeds, as, as sparks, and they're incubated or, or, or blown into flame. Incubated through experience in the changes of life. As knowledge of Jesus becomes rootedness in Him. And as rootedness leads our lives in wisdom and love and trust and closeness to God. Vine and branches vine and branches talk. Perhaps when we're younger, we went to school, grace is a concept, and we say, well, Jesus died on the cross, and that's how I know he loves me, and my, my grandson can say that. And when we have service here at, at 1030, the, the, the kids can all tell you the content of the gospel. Maybe it's the concept of grace, or maybe a theological construct of grace. But as we follow Jesus, we find grace as the wellspring of our lives, the air we breathe, the water that we drink, the living water that restores our souls and reminds us day in and day out for a lot of years that we belong to Jesus and He to us. And the staying power of Jesus is made real in the connection to the cross that we have with Him at Calvary. That's the gospel. As the Germans said, in, when they put the cornerstone on the sanctuary in 1918, they used the word for gospel evangelische, 
the evangel, the good news. It's that good news that is yours this morning and ours as a church to share in the platform of a Lutheran school. And so we follow Jesus. We, we fish for people. We, we introduce people to Jesus. And John 15 is such a marvelous piece of that, so huge in its function. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Remain in me and I in you and you'll bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. So marvelously beautiful in a time where loneliness is the largest malady for people in North America that Jesus says, when you're connected to me, you're not going anywhere. As a matter of fact, you're going to stay on that vine and you're going to bear good fruit. Apart from that community, not so much. Dr. Hall, it's in our faculty, they have chosen that verse as, as our theme verse for the year. Marvelous, marvelous gift to be connected to Jesus and to know Him and to bear fruit that's all about that. Years ago, Lutheran schools were put together to kind of maintain as, as immigrants came to the, to the new land and, and many, many German people with <laughs> very, very German names, names that ended in five consonants in a row, They wanted to carry on what they had brought from Germany, but yet the ministry of a modern-day Lutheran day school is a little bit different. Instead of maintaining the culture and, 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 and the music and the worship forms and all of those things, one of the things that reinvigorates our school is that the ministry is to introduce those families to Jesus. About half of our members about half of our day school enrollment is members, and about half is people who don't know it, but will eventually be members. And the ministry of the school has changed a bit over those 140 years. There's stuff that was done to you that we would never do to a kid these days. Could you imagine us paddling your grandson when he was naughty in school? Could you even imagine your grandson or your granddaughter getting a C in a class and you not freaking out over it? Unreal. Could you imagine the teacher calling your parents and your parents calling the teacher back and saying, you better get this squared away, teacher? <laughs> Never happened with me. If I got in trouble at school, I got five times as much trouble at home, which was something I was a little bit familiar with. But those days are long gone, but the structure and the values remain because the structure and the values of the community of this church and the community of this school, the staying power of that is rooted in the staying power of the gospel. What remains for us and continues to be so strong is that we connect people to Jesus and introduce families to Jesus every day. And so I love our teachers. Our faculty is tremendous. They don't merely teach their subject matter or grade level, but they have godly responsibility to introduce students and families to Christ. It's part of the culture that Dr. Hollitz has in our school. We're not here for any other reason than for students to know Jesus, but education is the platform by which we do that. 
And so we're academically excellent, technologically proficient, and kind. So that when others come from outside of the faith into the culture of our school, they almost think we're obsessed with the whole Jesus thing. And they say, can't you mellow out on the religion? To which we say, no. Your kid's coming to chapel. He's taking the Christian classes. And he's going to be taught by a Lutheran Christian teacher. Got it? Got it. Good. But it's that faith in Jesus that drives our value, our education, our vision. Because that's what has staying power. As our graduates and their families They go into greater and bigger challenges in a world that's much more like Peter, James, and John in hostility to Christianity than the world of 50 years ago. I love our teachers and faculty. I was at a conference this week in New Orleans and a a gentleman from Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, my alma mater and soon to be Micah's alma mater, he said, What's going well at your church? Which is people ask with trepidation these days. And I said, well, you know, things are good. We're, we're doing all right. He goes, well, you have a big school, don't you? I go, yeah, we have a big school. He goes, well, how big is your school? I go, 718 kids and 128. How do you know that? <laughs> my heart beats for our school, right? He said, what's the secret sauce? The secret sauce of St. John's School is that the school belongs to the church. And the school is a ministry of the congregation. And when the accrediting people come and they find out how deeply tied you all and we all are to the ministry of the school, they can't believe it. The tail doesn't wag the dog. The dog wags the tail. And everybody's the better for it. I love that our congregation comes around the school. I love that we bleed for it. I love when things are going difficult in the school and the congregation rises up and says, we got this. We're going to do this. I remember when we were struggling after McPherson Magnet School opened and we said, my gosh, they've got computers everywhere. We don't have anything. We had $150,000 sitting in an account that the church had kind of squirreled away for a rainy day. And we pushed that all to the center of the table. And we bought two mobile laptop stations, hired a person, and finally set up email for our teachers. Every time, every time, The congregation has stepped up to help and to ensure that the ministry of the school was able to do the very, very best for all the students there. A piece of that that's so powerful is that as of December 31st, the endowment for our school sits at $5,097,903. Our congregation has a significant investment in our school. And I thank you for that. Because that's the secret sauce that makes our congregation go. I love our teachers. I love the way we're set up. And I love the impact that we have on students. 
Recently, a former student reached out to me online. I'd been her youth pastor in the mid-90s, and she talked about the retreats we had and all of the things that went on. She's sharing with me about her life and the challenges she had during COVID as a nurse and all of the things. And, and I said, well, what brought you to St. John's? And she said, well, my parents thought I needed a little religion. I said, well, how'd that go for you? She went gray. And as she reflected on her life, the anxiety in her voice fell And she related to me in so many words how grateful she was that through the COVID lockdown, she knew that Jesus had given her something to hold on to. She was introduced to Jesus here as a 7th and 8th grader. And it was that faith in the mid-90s that saw her through the difficulties of 2020 and beyond. She was introduced to Jesus here. And the staying power of that goes on even into today. There's lots of work yet to do. We don't live in 1883 or even 2013, but the work that's before us as a congregation is is grand and joyful work. We're in a nation. We're in a nation at a time where that nation needs to be reintroduced to God to the authority of the Scripture, and to the values that spring forth from the Word of God. We live in a state that seems to have lost its way and needs to be introduced to Jesus anew. We have a county in which people need to be introduced to Jesus, and even more, we at St. John's have been given a powerful platform to do so. A platform with great staying power of over 140 years, a platform in which parents trust us with their greatest, most treasured gifts from God, their own children. And what do we do? (laughs) Well, that's easy. Like Jesus did on the seashore for a bunch of fishermen, we, we do that today. For our ministry is to introduce people to Jesus. And to teach them the way to follow him. What noble and marvelous work that is before us. In the name of Jesus. Amen.